we ask it when things are going amazing and you think, oh man, is this as good as it gets? Right, as, as we were sitting on top of a mountain in the Adirondacks and it was just absolutely gorgeous. It's like, it, could it get any better? And then there are times where you're going through a really dark time and you're like, man, is this as good as it gets? Over the last couple of weeks, we've been talking about the values that we want to have here at LifeQuest Community Church. And not just not our, our, our five core values of faith, family, friends, fun, and freedom. Those are, those are kind of like our uh, defining values of, of what, we, what we see as, as important. These are more ministry values. These are values that these are the, the kinds of people that we want to be. And we started off with uh, building alignment. That, that the question that we ask or that we, we want to ask ourselves over and over and over again is, am I in alignment with what God is doing at LifeQuest Community Church? Am I, am I advancing the mission, vision, and values of LifeQuest? Are we in the same direction or are we scattered all over the place and everybody's going in different directions, which means we go nowhere? And then last week we talked about pursuing health. That, and the question I asked was, am I living in a way today that's going to help me thrive tomorrow? And that's not just your physical health, right? That was, we talked about emotional health. We talked about relational health. We talked about spiritual health. We talked about financial health. Am I living in a way today that's going to help me thrive tomorrow? This morning we're going to look at the, the, the third value, and it's called this, simply this. Make it happen. Make it happen. The, the question that, that goes along with this value is, am I willing to do what it takes to find a solution no matter what the obstacle? Am I willing to do whatever it takes? Now, when we started LifeQuest nearly 10 years ago, there were all kinds of obstacles. There were crazy obstacles, like how are we going to get people to even show up? Where are we going to meet? How are we going to, how are, how are we going to take care of our family? How are we going to do something in this community that we had seen over and over and over again, church plants come into this community, maybe live for a little while, and then either flash out of existence or implode uh, terribly? Right there, there was uh, the conversation that I had with a, a pastor who's been in the community for 30 plus years, and his question to me was, "What makes you think that you're any different than any of those other churches that blew in, blew up, and blew out?" Right? When we first started, uh, we initially wanted to meet across the street at Quest Elementary School. Because we thought we knew that, that we were going to be called Life Quest, and how cool it'd be to be Quest that meets at Quest, and and that was be you know and just kind of fit, and so we had everything lined up. I had met with the facilities uh, director for the school district, and we had our insurance people come and walk through, and we were going to meet in the uh, the auditorium for worship and the cafeteria was going to be this big space where we could do our kids ministry and we could keep most of our stuff there and we were we were ready to go and then uh, we went to go start we were getting ready for easter 2008 and we were going to um 
launch that that coming Easter. And the director said, yeah, just one last thing. I have to wait for the superintendent to come back from vacation, and we're good to go. And then that next week, the superintendent came back, and I got a phone call from the director of facilities for the school district. And he said, yeah, you guys can't have the building. You can't meet here. And I was I was like, what? what? How, how is this even possible? And the, the argument was that, if we rent the elementary school to you and another group wants to come in and use the high school, uh, you know, I can't let you have access to this building. Um, and if, and it's, a, it's a silly argument, but if the satanic church wanted to meet in the middle school, I, I would have to say yes to them too. And so instead of saying yes, I'm going to say no to everyone, um, which we could have fought. Because legally it's a public building and we, we, there are other groups that rent that space and we could have fought it. And how great would that have been for us as our opening salvo into this community that that's the church that sued the school district to make them use their building, right? So we were like, God, what do, what do we do? Where do we go? How, how do we make this happen? And the director of, of facility director, he said, you know, there used to be a church that met at the community center. Maybe you could go see if they would let you rent from them. And so literally, I walked across the street from Quest Elementary to the community center. I walked through those doors into this room, and there were two guys standing up here on the ramp. And they were trustees for the village of Hilton. So I had a conversation with them. One of them's now the mayor. And... I had this conversation, and they were like, yeah, absolutely. Let me, let's walk you down to the, the village manager, and let's talk about what we could do. And, and it was like literally within 30 minutes of we have no place to meet, uh, they were getting my email so that they could email me the lease so that we could start meeting here in this building. It's kind of funny. Our first lease that they sent us, they actually still had the lease from the church that had been here like five or ten years previously. And so I had to send it back to them and say, yeah, we are not that church and I'm not that guy because they just took the old lease and sent it to us. Um, make it happen. Am I willing to do whatever it takes? And, and uh, does anybody remember what we used to say way back in the day about who LifeQuest was? Anybody remember? LifeQuest was the grand experiment. Right, that we would be, we would do, we would try anything. I mean, within reason and morality, uh, in order to to do things. Right, and so we we tried doing church with tables, which was not anything that any of us had ever seen before. Right, because we're all used to either being in chairs or rows. And we tried, uh, if you, if you, anyone remembers all the way back to the beginning, the different configurations of this space. Right in the in the in the early 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 days, we used to face this way, and the worship space was set up over here in this direction, and we were long and skinny this way, and and I remember the day that Marcia Chambry tripped over the cord to the projector, right? Because everything kind of came out this way. I'm like, we have got to figure out a better way, right? And then we switched, and then we met, then we faced that way. And that little space, that little cubby where we enjoy all of the amazing food and coffee and donuts was the stage, right? And we had curtains that went across the back wall and the projector screen was over here. And then 
we finally figured out that if we face this way, we've completely maxed out how we can we, – there were obstacles, right? I remember when they called us and said, yeah, we're going to change all the storage for the building, and you've got to move all your stuff. And we were like, what? What, what, are, you, what are you doing to us? You're killing us. Right, because we remember the days when we used to have all of our gear in rolling carts, some of them this big, and some of them this big, and some of them this big, right? Big Bertha, remember Big Bertha? That had the drum kit and the keyboard and all our speakers. And, and we were like, God, this is an obstacle for us. How are we going to make this happen? And a very good friend of mine literally came into the building with his tape measure and measured all the openings to all the doors and the turning radiuses, and he engineered Big Bertha to be exactly the right size that she fit with an inch of clearance underneath the lowest door in the building and was exactly long enough that when she came through that door onto the ramp that you could make the turn so we could haul all of our stuff up and down. And then they said, no, you can't have that storage space anymore. Well, what do we do? You know, it's like this, it was this catastrophe of, oh, no, what are we going to do? And then I was like, okay, well, will you let us build storage here in this room? And so the, for, you guys don't ever see them because they're hiding behind black curtains. But we have this whole bank of cabinets that we built that stored all of our stuff. And we eliminated Big Bertha and, and like all the carts. So now we don't haul anything up or down anymore. On Sunday or Saturday afternoons, we come in and we unlock these cabinets and all of our stuff comes out. It's awesome. And then the, the, the thing that, that I think about is, you know, why, why God? Why do we meet in a community center? Why don't we have our own building? Why it seems like that would be an obstacle to making a church work. But through all of those obstacles, God has provided us these amazing opportunities to make connections. When I walked through that door 10 years ago, I had no idea that I was going to meet the guy who would become the mayor of this community who I call a friend, that, that we have had opportunity after opportunity after opportunity to do things in this community for the glory of God, to reach people, to, to do things that, that help advance the kingdom of God. And there's no way I could have orchestrated that. But it was an obstacle that I thought there's no way to get over but God. So as we think about who we want to be as a church. Number one, obviously, we want to be in alignment with each other. And, and really, if, if we're going to be in alignment with each other, too, the, the next thing that we talked about it last week is that we want to be people who are healthy. Healthy relationally, healthy emotionally, healthy spiritually, healthy physically. And then we want to be people that I think we, we already are. Um, that we are, we are people who make it happen. Am I willing to do whatever it takes to find a solution no matter what the obstacle? Next couple of weeks, we're going to look at three more. And I won't dig into them because we're going to cover them in the next couple of weeks. Next week, we're going to talk about battling mediocrity. Anybody ever been to a business that was mediocre? Right? Anybody been to a restaurant where the food was mediocre? Right? It was really expensive and it was mediocre. Yeah, no fun. 
um, we went to a place this past weekend, and it was like, oh, let's go there. It'll be like a trip down memory lane. And we, we, we got our food, and our food was okay. And then I got the bill, and it was not okay, right? When, when, when you experience that, and maybe you've been to a church that was mediocre, or you've worked at a job that the way they do things is just kind of like, eh, we'll get by, right? We want to be a church that does things with excellence. We want to battle mediocrity. The week after that, we're going to talk about choosing trust. Am I believing the best about other people or do I believe the worst? We're going to choose trust. And then lastly, we're going to talk about taking the low place. Am I serving or do I expect to be served? That who we are as a church are, are, are reflected in these values. So, you know, um, have you ever had that experience where, where something is going on in your world or in your life and, and it just drives you nuts, right? It just bothers you. Like you look at that and you're like, man, somebody should do something about that. Somebody should, somebody should fix that, right? Because it's broken or it's not being done well. Somebody should do something about that. We've probably all had that thought, right? Where, where you're, you're out about or, or somewhere, and, and most of us probably have even said that, that somebody should do something about that. Unfortunately, I think we say that somebody should do something about that, but then we don't do anything about it. I want to ask you a question. If there's something for you that feels undone, what are you waiting for? What are you waiting for? Maybe the different this, who are you waiting for? Who is that someone that you're waiting for? I remember when I was a kid, there was a friend of mine who lived on the street, and uh, he was not the greatest friend. Like He's the kind of friend that I look back and I'm, I'm embarrassed to say I, we were great friends and I don't, for the life of me, fathom why my mom let me hang out with this kid. Uh, he was the kid that we, we would watch Scooby-Doo together. Uh, I did not do this, but he, he would smoke pot uh, while he watched Scooby-Doo. Um, and, and I was like Toby's age and he was Nathaniel's age or older. And, and why did my mom let me hang out with these kids? And I remember when we got into high school and he was getting ready to graduate high school and he was still watching Scooby-Doo and smoking pot and, and had no plans to go to college or to get a job. And I remember him telling me this theory about the guy. I, I think I shared this story about the guy before. Um, he believed that there was a guy who was who he wanted to give you a job. And he goes around and he knocks on people's doors and says, hey, do you want a job? And so he never left the house because he didn't want to miss the guy. So he didn't go get a job. He was waiting for the guy to come give him the job. So so he, all day long, would watch Scooby-Doo and smoke pot while he waited for the guy. Isn't that terrifying? It's a true story. I'm making it up. 
He did not grasp the concept of make it happen. Right? He was expecting someone else to do it. There, there's three kinds of people in the world, right? There are the people who make it happen, and there are the people who watch it happen, and then there's that third group of people. There are people who, who wonder what happened, right? And I don't want to throw any accusations of who you might be here this morning, uh, but there in, the, in this world, there are people who make it happen, there are people who watch it happen, and there are people who are like, what just happened? At LifeQuest, we want to be people who make it happen. We want to be people who, who see an opportunity, who see a need, and, and we take advantage of that need. Uh, not take advantage of it, but we take the opportunity to insert hope and life and truth into that situation. And so for us at LifeQuest, we've been doing things over the last 10 years like Hullabaloo. Where, where we have worked together with other churches in this community to show them that we can work together and we can share the love of Christ to people. And this past year, it actually it mushroomed into something that I never thought that it would. And I'm so excited to see where God takes us. Again, an obstacle, because I walked in to the village office to schedule the date for Hullabaloo, which we wanted to do on June 3rd, and there was, some, there was an, a date already booked. Oh no, what are we going to do? How are we going to make this work? There's a, there's a, it was the only day in all of 2017 that would work to do this, this thing that we have done for the last five, six years. And God says, I've got this. Right? And then we end up partnering with Parma Recreation, and, and it, it gets way bigger than I ever thought. Make it happen. Am I willing to do whatever it takes to find a solution no matter what the obstacle? We've got a lot of obstacles when we look at uh, the things that we have in our lives. Maybe you have some obstacles in your marriage. Maybe you have some obstacles in your relationships. Maybe you have obstacles in your finances. How in the world are we going to make this happen? When we were looking at what to do, for joy for school and the school that she wanted to go to and and the the cost was this much for her to go to school never in my wildest dreams would i imagine that by the time she was ready to go to school that there would be, be this thing called the excelsior scholarship that says if you go to a suny school tuition's free right because there was no way we could afford to send her to school and god says it's not an obstacle i've got this now, my, my son, Nathaniel, he's famous for saying, don't worry, Dad, I've got this. Famous last words. Yeah, he has socks that say, don't worry, I've got this. And time after time after time, Nathaniel will say, Dad, I've got this. And then he's not got it. As he's split between the dock and the canoe and he's falling into the lake. I don't worry, Dad. I got this. Splash. It's all play. I know. It's on purpose. It was on purpose. We look at things that are like, oh, my goodness, how are we going to get out of this situation? And God says, don't worry. I've got this. And when God's got it, he's really got it. Last night, 
we were at the at the gate at our our new building that we have over here on East Avenue, and um, we've been working incredibly hard to get it done so that we can have this amazing space that we can bless and reach and encourage and love on the young people of this community. When we bought the building, we had no idea, you know, how it was going to work. It's like, God, how are we going to do this? And we are literally now, I believe, weeks away from being able to uh, invite people in. Uh, This week I'm calling to have inspections done. And, And last night, I was standing upstairs in what's going to be our church's youth room, the upper room, which I think is kind of cool, right? Uh, I'm standing in the upper room, and we're talking about what's going to happen and how we're going to do this. And as I look, I'm like, there is not a smoke detector in this room. And because our building is commercial, all the smoke detectors have to talk to each other so that if this one goes off, it goes off in the apartment, in Luke's apartment, and in the cafe, or if the cafe goes off. And we had just buttoned up all the drywall, and I just sanded it all down. I still got more sanding to do. So if anybody wants to come help me sand and finish drywall this week, that'd be amazing. Um, yeah. Um, because we want to paint on Saturday. Actually, this is a quick announcement. Youth group, uh, this Saturday is going to be from 6 to 9, and we're going to have pizza, and we're going to paint, and we're going to have ice cream, which doesn't start with a P. But if you want peanut butter ice cream, then it will be painting and pizza and peanut butter ice cream, right? We'll, we'll go with that. Or pistachio ice cream. But no kids like pistachio. So, yeah, yeah, that's the wrong P. But I was like, I'm panicking. I used the P word. As I'm standing there, I'm like, there is not a smoke detector on this floor. How, when the inspector comes, he's going to be like, where's your smoke detector that's connected to everything else? Like, another month. We're done. I, 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 can't, I can't call the guy till, or, or it's more holes and more drywall work. So I texted, I texted Jamie, and I'm like, we don't have a smoke detector upstairs. Sad. Oh no, emoji. And he sends me a text back and he says, yeah, the trunk line for that is right there in that closet and there's a big, huge gaping hole where the junction is. No big deal. Thank you, Jesus. But, but it's an obstacle. And I'm like, how in the world are we going to get through this? Where I'm, but God says, I got this. Right? We're going to find ways to make it happen. You know, one of those things where we think about, I wish, um, I wish someone somewhere would do something somehow. And, and I think about what, what we've seen God do over and over and over again. Make it happen is one of those values in these six that I think is probably the one that is the most life questy value. Because we look at things and we're like, there's no way that you can do church in a community center. We're like, oh no, we can make that happen. We're going to make that happen. There's no way that you can buy a building and, and find a way that, that if you just rent one portion of it, that the income from that pays the mortgage for the whole thing. So that then we can use part of it as a way that we can compensate our youth pastor and give a closet that our intern can hang his hammock in. Um, 
It works. And then have an entire third of the building, probably more so, that we can create just for ministry space that we can use to make a dent in this community. As we've been doing the renovations on this building, uh, especially this spring, as we were in there, once we got the apartment done and we were ready to get that rented, on on Wednesdays when uh, all the volunteers have been there um, working, 2.15 every single day, I watched nearly 100 kids walk right past our building. Every single day after school. That there is an opportunity, there is a need in our community to provide something for young people that, that is, we have this opportunity that we can share Christ with a whole generation of kids in this community that are going to walk right past our building. And, and if we can create something that gives them a place that they can go, that they can hang out, that they can be safe, they can have a great cup of coffee or, or a snack, uh, free Wi-Fi, they can get someone who can help them with their homework and through that, build a relationship. Already, just the relationship that we have with our, our tenant uh, and with our neighbors, God's already preparing the way so that, that when we open the gate, that, that God's already got it, right? And I look at it, I'm like, how in the world is this going to happen? And God says, you take that step of faith. You do what you can do to make it happen. And God says, I've got this. You know, sometimes we think about someday I'm going to do something. Someday I'm going to do this or I'm going to do that. You know, someday is the graveyard of far too many dreams. Someday I will get my degree. Someday I will do whatever. I want to challenge you to make that someday today. To not wait to, to make that happen in your life. Maybe that's in your marriage. Maybe that's in your relationships. Maybe uh, we've had folks who, uh, you know, they're, they're still struggling with things, but they every day they woke up and they looked at, okay, I've got to go to work, and I hate my job. Um, I know this guy who worked for just a, uh, a postage company and had jobs where he was kind of stuck just doing labels and machines and, and stuff. And he hated his job. And he had this dream. I don't want to do this for the rest of my life. I want to be a cop. I want to go, I want, I want to get into the police academy. He just actually walked out of the room so I can tell his story. Um, that, that he said, you know what, I don't want to do this for the rest of my life. And now he's seen God bless and, and he got into the police academy and he got uh, accepted and hired to be a, a police officer in, in Gates. And now he, and he did, he still works crazy hours, uh, but he's worked his way through. And now he's a sergeant with the Gates Police Department. Um, and he's doing what he loves to do. I know another person who wanted to, to be involved in uh, in. What happened? Matt? Someone who, who also wanted to do something in, in the police uh, corrections, right? 
and, and knew that it was, there was going to be a sacrifice, there was going to be a price that needed to be paid, but she was willing to do it. And now God has opened up a, a, a opportunity to do exactly what she's wired to do. And it's, it's close enough to be, now that she's home, but for a season, you were three plus hours from your husband and your kids. Um, but you made it happen, right? God's, God's direction, God's favor, God's blessing was with you. But there's some things that we've got to do where, where now you get to be home with your kids, right? And your husband, Maybe your kids more exciting than your husband. No, just kidding. Um, but that, that we, what am I willing to do? Am I willing to do whatever it takes to make that happen? Sometimes it's going to mean that you're going to have to do something scary. You're going to have to step out in faith and do something that you never thought you would ever do, right? Like you're on a, a backpacking trip and, and this crazy guy says, hey, have you ever thought about being a youth pastor? No, I want to be a math teacher. I don't want to be a youth pastor. But I'm gifted in music and I'm gifted in worship. And, and a couple of months later, it's like, you know what? Yeah, I think maybe God's, telling, God's calling me to do that. Yeah, I'll come. I'll, I'll be the youth pastor, crazy man. Um, I'll, I'll live in your apartment. And, uh, and, and now we, we've got Luke who was willing to do something that was outside of what he was thinking. Um, but I absolutely believe that he is here for a reason. And then his nutso friend, who just we got along for the ride, uh, and who I'm just like, here, here's an opportunity. Um, it's kind of crazy. I sat down with Nathan to, to just kind of pick his brain and hear his heart and say, what, what is it that you want to do? What, what do you see God calling you to do? And he said, you know, if I could do anything, I would love to be in an environment where I could like make coffee for people and just build relationships. And through that, I could, I could kind of share Christ with people. And I'm like, really? That's interesting. I have a building for you. I have a place for you. Um, am I willing to do whatever it takes? Now, let me, let me jump in. If you've got your Bibles, I want to show you a, a an example of someone who made it happen. And he had an obstacle, a pretty big obstacle, like bigger than you could ever imagine. Um, if you have your Bibles, turn to 1 Samuel chapter 17. It's the story of David and Goliath. Goliath was a pretty big obstacle, right? 1 Samuel chapter 17. We'll kind of read through. Uh, it says that the Philistines now mustered their army for battle, and they, they camped um, on this one hill. And so the Philistines are on this hill, and the Israelites were on this hill. And um, Saul uh, brought out his army, and they were across from each other. And so the Philistines and the Israelites faced each other on opposite hills. This is verse 3, uh, with the valley in between them. Then Goliath a Philistine champion from Gath came out of the Philistine ranks to face the forces of Israel, and he was over nine feet tall. Now, sometimes we, we kind of lose that, right? Because we don't know anyone who's nine feet tall. Um, Andre the Giant was seven plus feet tall, and, and he was massive. But I'm, I'm six feet tall. So take me and then add another 50%. Over 8 feet tall. Yeah. 
So, so this guy is massive, nine feet tall. And it says that he wore a bronze helmet and a bronze coat of mail that weighed 125 pounds. That's uh, the weight of probably a few people in this room. So it was like he was wearing you as his armor. It's, it's like he's walking around like carrying a tank like on, on his body. And he, he had uh, a bronze leg armor and a bronze javelin on his shoulder. The shaft of his spear was as heavy and thick as a weaver's beam, uh, which I'm assuming must be big. Because um, I don't know what a weaver's beam, I mean, I know what a weaver's beam is, but I have no reference to say how big that is. It, it was big. Big enough that the tip, the point made of iron on the end of that spear, that just the point weighed 15 pounds. And then he would take that and use that to throw or to stab or to skewer or whatever. And then his armor bearer walked ahead of him carrying a shield. So he would stand in front of the nation of Israel. This is verse 8. And he says, why are you coming out to fight? I am the Philistine champion, but you are only the servants of Saul. Choose one man to come down here and fight me. And if he kills me, we'll be your slaves. But if I kill him... You will be our slaves. I defy the armies of Israel today. Send me a man who will fight me. And when Saul and the Israelites heard this, they were terrified and deeply shaken. You know, what's interesting is that the Bible says that Saul was a man who stood head and shoulders above everyone else. Saul was probably the tallest guy in the army. He was a big guy. And what Goliath is doing is he's calling Saul out. He's saying, Saul, you're the biggest guy in your army. Come on. Mano a mano. Big guy against big guy. Let's do this. And what did Saul do? Hid. They were terrified and deeply shaken. The guy who should have been the one to say, you know what? I am the king of, the, of God's people. And, and as the representatives for God's people, I should be the one to step out and face this challenge because this pagan from Philistia is not only making fun of us, he's making fun of our God. So now David enters the story. Now David was the son of a man named Jesse, who was from Bethlehem. And Jesse was old at the time and he had eight sons. And David is the youngest. He's the munchkin. He's the little guy. And he would go back and forth, and he, would, um, he couldn't stay because he was too young to fight. And he would come and bring lunch and feed his brothers, and then he'd have to go back to take care of the sheep, right? That was his job. And so he would come back and forth, back and forth to the battle lines. And for 40 days, every morning and every evening, the Philistine champion strutted in front of the Israelite army. That's verse 16. And so then his dad says, okay, it's time to go take lunch to the guys and so David does, and, and for whatever reason, for the first time, he shows up at the moment when Goliath comes out and challenges. Look at what it says. It says in verse 24, it says, As soon as the Israelite army saw him, they began to run away. Have you seen the giant? They asked. And in verse 26, this is uh, actually before that, uh, verse 25, it says, have you seen the giant, 
Have you seen the obstacles? Do you see how big it is? And then there's an interesting thing. Saul, the guy who was supposed to go out and fight, the guy who was head and shoulders above everyone else, he decides, you know what, I'll figure, I got a way to figure this out. Here's, here's how I'm going to get out of having to go fight this guy. It says that the king has offered a huge reward to anyone who kills him. He will give that man one of his daughters for a wife, and the man's entire family will be exempted from paying taxes. So David shows up and he asks the question, and they tell him what he will get for killing the Philistine. And David's next words are this. Who is this uncircumcised Philistine that he will stand? So now, here's the thing. This is probably one of the greatest motivators uh, that you see in Scripture that maybe says that if you bribe people, they will do something. I use the Scripture a lot when I try to get my kids to do things, right? Because he says, what will happen to the guy who kills this thing? And they say, you get to marry a princess... And your whole family never has to pay taxes ever again. And David's first words are, who is this uncircumcised Philistine that he would stand before? Now, again, David didn't do it because he was going to get to marry the princess or because his family would never have to pay taxes again. It was really more about this guy is mocking my God. Saul tells him, there's no way that you can do this. So the word gets back to Saul. And this kid comes walking in to the king's chamber. And again, the king is, is probably this big, huge, commanding presence. And then Toby walks in and says, don't worry, king, I got this. Well, actually, I don't got this. God's got this. What's your obstacle? What's that thing that's standing in your way? I know for, for us, when we look at what God is calling us to do as a church, uh, the, the gate, this outreach to this community is a huge task. Um, we, on all your tables, there's an information sheet that just kind of shares the, the vision of what we want to see happen in this community, that we want to have this space that's a safe place where kids can be known, where kids can be encouraged, where kids can have an opportunity uh, to have a great time and really ultimately to encounter God's love. That's why we're doing this. Not so that we can have a great building, uh, although that's, it's awesome. And, and you know, ultimately, when, uh, if, if it came to it, we have so dramatically improved that building, that if we were to ever sell it, that we could sell it and recoup all of the money that has been invested in it. But there's still, there's still some things that we need. Um, we need, and, and I know that there have been a bunch of you that have been able to come out and to help uh, to, to work, and, and the, the wikis have helped us with the tables uh, and drywall, and uh, Jason hooked us up and, and got a, us a great deal on our actual drywall that's in there um, when he was here. Uh, it's good to see you, buddy. Um, we've had people who've come in on, on evenings and on Saturday work days, uh, and maybe you can't come out. You don't have the, the ability or the capacity um, but you could help financially. Uh, we're, we need about $1,000 to kind of wrap everything up 
Uh, I need to buy glass tabletops to go on there, and they cost 100 bucks a piece. Maybe you could help us and just buy one of those. Um, we want to be able to put a, a TV um, in the, the gate so that we can do uh, movie outreaches, kids can play video games. I need about $500 to buy the TV and the mount and install it. Maybe you could help us with the TV. Maybe you can come and help us with the drywall. Maybe you can come and help us uh, put in the carpet. We got all the carpet. Half of our carpet in our whole building was donated. So, so the, the downstairs carpet was going to cost us about $2,000, and that was through Lowe's, and it was a special order. And if, if we, what we're doing is we're putting in carpet tiles. So if a kid spills a cup of coffee, we can just tear that tile up and put a new one down. It was going to cost about two grand from Lowe's, and it had to be special ordered. So if we, had to, we would have to buy extra boxes. And um, all of a sudden, they had this memory. Paul Philippiak, his son-in-law, oh, his, his son-in-law's dad owns Christian flooring. And so I made a phone call, and he does, they don't own Christian flooring anymore. He actually owns Bill's Carpet and Flooring in Henrietta. And he ended up getting us everything that we needed for the gate, glue everything for nearly $800 cheaper than what I was going to have to spend at Lowe's. And I took our sample from Lowe's in there to say, do you have this? And Nate said, yep, I have that in stock all the time. Do you want it now? Do you want to put it in the back of your car? Um, and if we need to get more, I just drive out to Henrietta because he always, it's literally an exact match for what we were going to get from Lowe's special order. And then a friend of mine who is, uh, he's the pastor of the church in Holly, they put in all new carpet in their building. They've done a great job. Pastor Paul is an amazing. Um, and his carpet guy donated 700 plus square feet of carpet tile that he doesn't have any use for. So the entire upstairs carpet was given to us for nothing. That's, there's obstacles that we're like, how in the world are we going to do this? And God says, Rob, don't worry. I got this. We just have to be willing to take that step of faith. I was thinking about how we're going to furnish this building so that we can have this cool atmosphere. And, and I was like, you know, I found these wire spools. After the windstorm this spring, there were wire spools everywhere from all the wiring that got run. And we got all the spools for nothing. Because uh, a friend works for an electrical company in Henrietta. He was like, yeah, come and pull them out of the garbage. Have as many as you want. And then a friend helped us, uh, Melissa Nowicki, helped us polyurethane them and stain them and get them all ready to go. Um, and they look fantastic. They didn't cost us anything. But we have to put glass on them because you can't have an unfinished wood surface um, that you can't clean. Um, so those glass surfaces are really important. And Pier 1 actually sells them the exact size that we need. Uh, and so I went to go buy one, and it was going to cost 100 bucks, and there were scratches on it, so I got it for 80 Right? So I need the one, the one remaining one that's in Webster and the other remaining one that's in Victor to also be scratched. Um, or, I, or I need... Someone to say, Pastor Rob, don't worry about it. I've got those covered. Go get them. Obstacles. That it's like, how are we going to do this? How are we going to see 
this happen? Are we willing to do whatever it takes to overcome those obstacles? Are we willing to take a step of faith and say, God, I can't do this, but you can. David looked at the obstacle and said, I can't do it, but God can. We look at what's left to get to get ready. And, and again, that's just the tip of the iceberg because once we open it, now we've got to have volunteers who are willing to spend uh, a Tuesday evening or a, a Thursday afternoon hanging out with kids. Um, we have we have we got to work together, and, and I'm so excited that uh, the other churches in our community are are willing to pitch in uh, and to help us with that. We already have a tutoring program that already exists in the community um, that meets at Cross Point Free Methodist Church. That when we open the gate, their tutoring program is going to jump from Cross Point, and it's going to meet in our building. Already, we have a tutoring program. We just what I'd love to see happen is how do we augment that? Uh, how do we? How, right now, they they specialize in math. I know a math guy. Uh, I also know a science guy who is amazing at chemistry and all things science. Uh, they're in Michigan right now. Um, we also know someone who taught English for like a bazillion years, who possibly could come and help us help kids with English, right? We, what is it that you have been uniquely gifted with? What talents, what, what gifts do you have that you can say, okay, somebody should do something. What can you do? How can you be a part of what God's doing? How can you be a part of us making that happen in this community? Let's pray. Father, I pray that you would help us be people that are willing to to make it happen. God, that we would be bold enough to take steps of faith to say, God, I don't see how this is going to work, but I trust you. And I don't got this, but you do. So God, I pray that you would help us to be people, number one, that we're people of alignment, that we are willing to to advance the vision and mission and values that you want to see expressed through the kingdom of God here at LifeQuest Community Church, that we want to build alignment, that we want to be people who pursue health, that we are, are doing today what we need to do so that we can thrive tomorrow, and that, God, that we would be people who make it happen, that, that we are willing to do whatever it takes to overcome the obstacles that seem insurmountable but God you make them just go away or or maybe you don't make them go away but you give us the tools to overcome them Father I pray this morning that you would help us God as, as we as we live out what you've called us to do you give us the strength to make it happen in our lives maybe that's in our marriages Maybe that's this week as our kids are preparing to go back to school, that you would help them, Lord, to make it happen, to do just absolutely rock this school year. Father, maybe it's in our, in our job that, Lord, we will look around at what we have to, to endure at work, and it's like, God, somebody should do something. Maybe that someone is us. Help us to step up and say, I'm going to make a difference at work or in my neighborhood or in our community. 
In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Uh, Again, if you're free or available uh, this week, uh, I still need some help finishing the drywall. And uh, then on Saturday, we're going to be doing a bunch of painting. And then I have never installed carpet tile before, um, but I'm going to give it a try. Uh, So if anyone has experience putting in carpet tile and would say, hey, Rob, I can tell you what to do or I can come help you uh, and help me make it happen, that would be fantastic. Blessings. Have a great week. It is an egg Sunday. Thanks.